0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the marvelous, terrific, magnificent, incredible, incredible. Good morning ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the magnificent, marvelous, incredible one and only image show. And with us this morning, we've got Katisha Dilly. She is a registered nurse and co-founder of Power Up Coffee Juice Bar. Katisha, it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us this morning.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Now, we met at the Master's Business Boot Camp uh, through the Financial Empowerment Center at the Evelyn K. Davis Center. Now, this was a wonderful boot camp. Uh, It was very, very nice to meet interesting people like yourself. Katisha, it is such a nice privilege to have you with us this morning. You've got a great life story, and I think that the people out there listening right now need to hear it.
1: Well, thank you. Um, Yes. So um, nothing short of uh, a non-child book um, story. I definitely have some pain and passion and perseverance that I have lived through.
0: Yes, you have. And it's so interesting that I thought that most of these people would really find that your story kind of matches what a lot of people have been through, although most people don't talk about it.
1: Exactly. I 100% agree with that. And I think that more people should talk about it because it really could save um, another person's life. Um, So I grew up in a small town, um, Council Bluffs, Iowa, and Omaha, Nebraska, um, which is a bigger city. My life was, my parents were both involved into drugs, my mom more so than my father, and... Um, So, up until I was 20 years old and came to Des Moines, Iowa, that's the only life I knew. Um, Drugs, money, sex, you name it. um, The horrific things that come along with that. So, Um, it's
0: basically sex, drugs, rock and roll, uh, chips, dips, chains, and whips. Exactly. Okay, go ahead.
1: Um, I came here in 2006 and decided to change my life, and then my family kind of followed, specifically my sisters. Um, We all three kind of only have had each other growing up, and we decided to move to Des Moines and stay here.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And did you find that challenging uh, coming into Des Moines from Council Bluffs?
1: The only other time I've been to Des Moines, Iowa, I was in a stolen car, strung out on methamphetamine, and I have no idea how I made it back and forth, and I did gas and goes all the way back and forth. Um, I was asleep most of the time. The only thing that really kept me awake was driving into the stops of the interstate, um, where, you know, if you go off to the side, it wakes you up a little bit. Sure. Other than that, I never really knew about Des Moines, but I realized that there was a treatment center here for women um, called the House of Mercy. And I decided to contact them and see if I could come. And something, I was involved in a really bad fight. So I almost lost lost my life when I was pregnant with my third son. And that kind of woke me up a little bit. I didn't know how, but I knew that I wanted something different. So that's how I ended up in Des Moines.
0: And so, <clears throat> once you got to Des Moines and you uh, got in school and you got older, uh, what happened around that time?
1: Well, um, I, like I said, I knew I wanted something different, so I had to surround my people, surround myself around people that had what I wanted. So that's what changed in my life. I, um,
0: when, when did you come to the point to where you got sick and tired? of using meth, you got sick and tired of fighting, and you decided that you really wanted to change your life. I mean, what did it take? Was it that fight that uh, you said you almost lost your life when you were pregnant? Or was it kind of a, you know, a series of, of events that happened? I mean, you know, what actually made you decide to change?
1: It was exactly that. I believe that happened for a reason. I believe actually everything in my life has happened for a reason. It has made me the woman and mother that I am today. I didn't have custody of my two oldest boys when that fight happened. So I think that kind of led up to my awakening, too. So I almost lost my life pregnant with my third son, and I didn't even have custody of my other two.
0: You know, I'm going to tell you, just stopping right here at this topic, fighting, fighting. The topic of fighting is something that we could talk about uh, for a while because since I was a kid, I never liked fights. I never liked violence. You know, I never liked to see people hurt. And of course, in our society today, it seems like that's what's popular is people you know fighting. I mean, you look at the sports nowadays, uh, IMA, you know ultimate fighting, kickboxing, all this stuff that goes on that revolves around fighting and violence. Personally, you know, I enjoy you know going to watch some of the entertainment, uh, you know things like that. But the spirit behind it, I, I really don't like because I think it teaches our generation to fight, but more so, uh, you know, just fighting in general. I, I, I don't like it. You know, I'm, I'm completely against it, and you said that that was one of the things that kind of woke you up, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that's real interesting. Tell me why you thought, I mean, how did that wake you up? Was it a, a fight that you... Uh, lost was it a fight that you uh, got hurt very very badly and thought about your kid, you know being hurt while you were pregnant? Uh, was it because uh, it was over something real stupid and it was your fault and you realized that you know you had made a mistake? I mean, what part of of, of that fight made you change your life?
1: Um, I think it was being pregnant with my son. The fight was—I um, know—it <laughs> sounds, you know, and everybody says it's ever their fault, but it really, it really wasn't. And that's what kind of woke me up too, because I realized how bad things could get, even though I didn't do anything wrong. Um, And like I said, there was so much more to it than that. I was, you know, running around in stolen cars with lots of drugs and six months pregnant. It was just a really bad, bad situation.
0: Did you have an attitude problem then? Did you think that, I mean, with that, with the drugs and the the lifestyle that you were living, obviously, uh, did it make you a little bit more violent tempered, uh, more of a, a violent type swag behavior?
1: I wouldn't say so. I I definitely had um, the Shanae attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, people actually called me Shanae, but um, I did the little him swagger, and you know had the little attitude. Yes, I would say. But um, I w- I've always been more of a lover than a fighter.
0: Okay, all right. I was just trying to get to the point to you know, I mean, fighting is is just such a, a big topic, and. Most of our young kids are caught up into this with gangs, and it's just a, a big old mess, I think, that you know our society has gotten involved in.
1: I agree. I have teenagers now, so um, I definitely see that you got your all your social media, your Snapchats, where everything's you know one big fight, everybody thinks it's cool that they're you know talking stuff to somebody, and then, you know, the schools can't really do anything about it these days, and um, it's just, it is, it is just...
0: A mess. A mess. (laughs) It is a mess. Okay, we're going to get back into, you know, your story and the topic. We're going to go to a quick commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe, and we've got Katisha Dilley with us. Katisha is a registered nurse, and she's also the co-founder of Power Up Coffee, Juice Bar. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about her and her success in a minute. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on The Image Show. You're locked and loaded into a whole hour of power, including love. So, we've got Katisha Dilly with us. Now, she's a registered nurse, and she's also the co-founder of Power Up Coffee and Juice Bar. First of all, uh, Katisha, with the story that you have, and the background that you have, you know, you talked about coming up in this roughneck area and, and how you used to, you know, handle yourself. And now that you've changed, you are a registered nurse. I would say that that's quite an comp- accomplishment there, wouldn't you?
1: I, yes, 100%. I think my story, you know, is – I believe that everything happens for a reason. A, you know, it's a not a coincidence that I'm on this show, ninety eight point three, the Vibe. I'm a big, big vibes person, and um, I believe I believe now at this point in my life, at thirty three years old, that everything, all the pain. And the suffering that I went through is meant to be somebody else's way out to tell my story, to tell people that they can come out of that life, that they can persevere, that they they can continue to get an education. I didn't. I dropped out in ninth grade. I was pregnant in ninth grade. Now I'm a registered nurse and a health and wellness advocate, and I do competitions. You know that that's amazing. Not saying that I should get kudos for that, but. <laughs> being raised the way I was in the life I now live, you you would never know.
0: Right. I agree. I mean, looks like you've got all your ducks in a row. So we met, actually, at the uh, Masters Business Boot Camp again, at the Financial Empowerment Center and the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. And you know that whole uh, five weeks was really intense. It was uh, some great experiences and opportunities. That's where I got a chance to meet you and some other good people that are looking to start their own business. Tell us a little bit about this uh, co-founder, you being the co-founder of Power Up Coffee and Juice Bar. So this is something that, uh, or a new business that you're starting.
1: Yes. So again, it's with my sisters and myself, my sisters, Amanda and Sarah. Um, again, we uh, we all three obviously grew up in the same situ- situation and we all three uh, moved out of our situation. We all three got an education and now are employed and um At the top, have been at the top of all of our employment chains. My sister Amanda and myself are registered nurses, um, and my sister Sarah has been in the restaurant business for eighteen plus years. We decided to make Power Up Coffee and Juice Bar because we we love coffee, and both uh, my sister and myself are in obviously. Um, nursing. And with that, we see the after effects of medications and stuff. We want to do more of a holistic approach to that, offering um, whole juicing and supplements to people, um, supplements and vitamins. Obviously, coffee is our thing. What stands us apart, though, is that we are going to provide the options to put in your coffee like turmeric, um, cinnamon, uh, collagen, protein, vitamins, liquid vitamins. So it's like gonna have like a vitamin in a cup of coffee. So our mission a Power Up is committed to creating the ultimate experience by restoring the mind, fueling the body and uplifting the soul in a relaxing coffee shop setting.
0: Sounds like a lot of success. Everybody drinks coffee these days.
1: (laughs) Yes, coffee is life.
0: Especially early in the morning. Like right now? All day. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's beautiful. Um, I really hope that you get that up and running. If there's ever anything that we can do here for you, please feel free to let us know. And it was really nice meeting you and all of your sisters. It's always nice to visit with young entrepreneurs and people who are looking to start their own business. You know, I think that that's just interesting in itself.
1: Yes, it is. And the Master's Business Boot Camp was a great experience uh, to do that. And um, I'm very grateful that I was put in that situation.
0: Well, that is great. I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we've going to, oh, actually, we're going to move on to our next guest. But uh, Katisha Dilly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, she successfully completed the Master's Business Boot Camp and she is now ready to start. Her very own, well, in partnership with her sisters, I guess, but her very own Power Up Coffee Juice Bar. And where is this going to be located at?
1: Um, at? Norwalk, Iowa.
0: Norwalk, Iowa. Great location. It's close to Des Moines, so we could travel there. Whereabouts in Norwalk.
1: I'm looking on the Highway 28.
0: Okay, Highway 28. So, it sounds like when will this project be ready to actually start?
1: We have a tentative opening day of 3-1-2020.
0: 3-1-2020. Okay. So, that's March 1st. Mm-hmm of 2020. Well, that's just right around the corner.
1: It is. If you think about it, it will be here before we know it.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, breaking news, breaking news in Des Moines, Iowa. We've got some great news on reentry housing. It's now available in Des Moines. That's right. The Dads with a Purpose and the Image Program Transitional Sober Living Units are now available. By the way, this was just such a great partnership. This was a blessing. It fell right into my lap. I didn't have to go looking for it. It came right to me. Actually, it was right in front of my face the whole time. And we all all know that housing is extremely important for guys coming out of prison, guys or gals coming out of prison. So we were fortunate to have the opportunity to partner with uh, the uh, Dads with a Purpose. And what this did was actually uh, uh, open the door for inmates coming out of prison now to have housing. We're starting in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, We're going to eventually get to Mason City, and then we're going to go statewide. And so this is huge. And uh, this was a a huge blessing, a huge accomplishment. So uh, we're going to speak with Pastor Bell coming up next. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on The Image Show. Today is November 10th, and we've got Pastor Bell with us. Pastor Bell, it's a pleasure to have you with us again on The Image Show. Definitely. Likewise, my friend. Now. Uh, Pastor Ben Bell, most of us uh, know you from the Grub YMCA, and I want to personally tell you thank you for the partnership uh, that you connected me with, with uh, Dads with a Purpose, and that opened the door to this transitional living, and for the guys coming out of prison, I think that this is huge, it's a major topic, everybody's talking about it, the phones are blowing up, uh, can you just give us a little bit of insight and detail about it uh, as this continues to develop?
2: Yes, Um the CEO and co-founder of Death with a Purpose is a great friend of mine whose name is Keith Meeks Sr., and he actually is a guy that I met about 30-some years ago. Uh, he married a young lady out of the uh, congregation that I was a part of at the time, and he and I uh, had a great connection because he was a guy who worked at a place called Teen Challenge, so he was always around guys who were trying to transition back into life. And uh, I was on uh, the field rather than feel at that time regular work rather than working at places uh, like New Beginnings and other facilities doing spirituality. And so I went on to work with people who were in substance abuse and then I became a B B-His counselor for people who were struggling with behavioral health. I ended up working behind prison walls. So all of my adult life I've been working around people who come from challenging uh Backgrounds, And the wonderful thing is my mom and my dad raised me in such a way that I never ended up in any place like that. But it gave me a heart to see if I can help people have what I had because of the path that I took based on what they showed me. So I'm really trying, really, Bobby, to give people what I believe everybody should have, which is a stable home, an environment to raise kids, work, pay your taxes, enjoy your life and make the world a better place to live in. So the transition of housing is our response to
0: that. Well, I think that this is incredible. It's even an incredible story because I had no idea (laughs) that I would uh, run into this with you, this opportunity. I mean, uh, when I got out of prison, you were there. You helped me uh, with my membership at the YMCA, and then I got involved with the dad's program. Or the fatherhood program, excuse me. And eventually that helped with the uh, squashing of my child support, or back child support, should I say. And then, you know, we continued to, uh, you know, stay in touch and and progress. Uh, The image program continued to uh, strive and move, and and you've begun more of a role in your help with me. Now, Mm -hmm. the opportunity opened for this. Transitional housing and and, and this whole thing, uh, sober living units uh, that are now available in the partnership. You know, I had no idea that this was staring in front of me, you know, the whole time. I mean, it's such a big deal to have guys come out of prison that, you know, now have a place to go to. Uh, There's been such a hidden disgrace of people that get paroled. And they're waiting four to five months before they're actually able to uh, be released from prison. And then a lot of people have nowhere to go. So rather than uh, having to go to the work release, you know, a lot of people... They now have options, and that's what this uh, opens the door to, and especially the partnership with the image program, because I'll tell you, we're making calls with North Central Correctional Facility, and you know, we're talking with the warden, we're talking with the activities director there, the image program that's still there. Uh, we're making sure that these guys are now all involved, that they know what's going on. So... Just to kind of let the listeners know, we're going to start off uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, There's uh, renovation ready for people that are looking uh, to enter the sober living housing. Uh, Very, very, very affordable. For those that are looking to uh, register or have loved ones that are looking to come out of prison and they need a place to go, they can actually uh, call. 515 1210 or they can go to the website and apply online at dadswithapurposeia.org So that's D-A-D-S-W-I-T-H-A-P-U-R-P-O-S-E-I-A dot or It's dadswithapurposeia.org purpose dot or excuse me, So I think that, uh, Pastor Bell, this is really, really huge.
2: Oh, man, without question. And, you know, um, some guys like yourself, Bobby, who've been to Washington, D.C. and had conversations with the powers that be, they're starting to redirect their intention towards helping guys who have been sitting in prison for years that probably shouldn't have even been put in a place of that magnitude based on some of the crimes that they committed, And then it it opens up the door for them to come out uh, earlier. Some of them are being released at a very high rate. And for us to have a nice, safe, sane place for them to live that's affordable, that gives them a step up in life and moves them forward. And uh, one of the wonderful things we've also been able to do is we have a place in town that once a guy moves out of the place that we uh, have for them, they can get their bedding before they leave. They can get their first set of dishes and knives and forks and spoons and all of that at no cost because of some relationships that have been built. So uh, God's good.
0: That's right. And so, you know, I think that it's very, very economically affordable, too, as you compare it to most of the other uh, transitional housings or three-quarter houses, uh, whatever you want to call it. This is a sober living unit. Uh, the Image Program is now officially involved. We've partnered with dads uh, with a purpose. And we are ready to really get this thing rolling. So, uh, you know, guys can can now call 515 339 1210. If you are interested, or if you have a, a child or a loved one in prison right now and they have nowhere to go, and they uh, now let's talk about the qualifications, uh, first of all, uh, Pastor Bell. So, as far as I know right now, the only thing that would restrict uh, there would be an interview process, first of all, and one of the uh, things that would actually restrict you from coming to one of our uh, housing units right now is being on the sex registry list just because of the school zones and all of the different uh, qualifications and certifications and and all that stuff that people have to meet through that. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. And also we have men who Bring their children over to the house, and sometimes they stay with their fathers for three days. And so we can't have men who have been on the sex uh, offender registry around young children. So that's the reason why that restriction is there to keep everybody
0: safe. Okay. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um, Well, I tell you, I'm excited. Um, You know, the people are excited. And I think the problem that we're going to run into is just filling up or having – you know, vacancies for people. I think that this is going to fill up. These beds are going to fill up real fast. And, you know, we're going to have to keep the the ball rolling and and make sure that we're able to keep guys with uh, housing coming out.
2: Definitely. In fact, we just received a call from one of our contacts on yesterday, and he is currently out looking for other places that we can uh, open up and place guys in.
0: Okay, so it doesn't look like we'll run into that problem, is what you're saying. That is correct. Okay. All right. Well, Pastor Bell, I appreciate the news update. Uh, This is a breaking news update with Pastor Ben Bell and Robert Pate, and we're talking about the partnership and the breaking news uh, for reentry housing and it being available now in Des Moines uh, with the Dads with a Purpose and the Image Program Transitional Sober Living Units, uh, and it's economically affordable. You can apply online today at dads with a purpose or call 515-339-1210 Sounds like we're getting a little noise from the other end is there some static there in the room Ben possibly? Yeah there's some a uh, machine
2: that's making some noise, I'm stepping the other way. I think that's better.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate your time, and uh, we're going to move on to our next guest. So, I uh, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you later. Blessings to you, my friend. Take care. Okay. Coming up next, we're going to speak with Glenn Huss, a.k.a. Sonny. Sonny's got a very interesting story. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back in the studio on The Image Show, 98.3 The Vibe. We have Lauren Glenn Huss with us today, ladies and gentlemen. And Lauren Glenn Huss was arrested in Polk County on... In 1986, for first-degree murder, and his charges were later dismissed due to insanity. He was uh, ultimately found not guilty by reason of insanity, and however, he was still sent to prison. And uh, Mr. Huss is going to tell you a little bit about his story as it pertains to uh, his charges and his development into his incarceration and also his change in the community. How you doing, uh, Mr. Huss? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Uh, Mr. Huss, can you tell us a little bit about your situation as it relates to your change? Uh, tell us a little bit about your story, and uh, just give us some insight on what happened.
3: Sure. First of all,
0: I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. Like you said, I
3: received a life sentence in 1987. I spent a year in jail uh, after the arrest, and uh, My mental condition at that time was not very sound, so they had to put me on some medication, and that lasted for up to the totality of a whole year. I had to sit into the Polk County Jail. After the conviction, oh, I should preface that by saying initially, the state of Iowa agreed with me that I was insane at the time of the killing and that the prosecuting attorney for the state of Iowa from the Polk County uh, Attorney's Office agreed with me. In fact, the state's doctor agreed uh, with me also. The evidence was overwhelmingly clear. I went to a a bench trial, November 24th, 1986, presented my case to a district judge at Polk County. He held my case under advisement for a couple months. He came back and stated that that wasn't really a trial, which I had signed my written waiver of jury trial. And he said that that was basically a pretrial hearing and that you can proceed and basically just do whatever you want because you're going to go in front of a jury. So at that time, the attorney general of Iowa came in and replaced the Polk County prosecutor's office, stating that, you know, we don't want to hear any more of this not guilty by reason insanity business. And so they changed their story. At that time, they called in a doctor from Baltimore, Maryland, flew him in 11 months after this happened to evaluate me. Initially, the state's doctors had seen me uh, tw- within 24 hours of the incident. They changed their story. They put me in front of a jury, and I was convicted of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life without parole in 1987.
0: Okay. And um, do you think that uh, that changed your life mentally? Well, it not only changed my life, it changed the community's
3: life. It changed the victim's family's life. It's, it's a very disturbing and, and very, uh, very depressing situation it's very sad, and uh yes there's no doubt it affected multiple people multiple on multiple
0: levels okay and do you think that uh you were f- you were treated fairly ultimately
3: ultimately after fourteen years uh, like the saying goes, truth hopefully usually comes out, but sometimes it takes a while
0: okay. Joanna, now, what do you think? I mean, I see that uh, you're listening. Do you have any any questions for well, uh, Lauren?
2: Yes, I do. I was just kind of listening to the fact that you were saying in the beginning um, you had to serve a year in jail, and then they tried you, of course, it seems like, and then they gave you a, a life sentence with no parole. Uh, is there a reason why they never considered insanity in the beginning?
3: Well, they did consider insanity at the beginning and they were all in agreement with insanity at the beginning. Like I previously stated, sure, the their own the state's doctor initially seen me within 24 hours of the incident and was thoroughly convinced.
0: Okay, so basically what it sounded like is you were ultimately Uh, given a non-guilty insanity plea. It It was ruled that you were not guilty by reason of insanity by the prosecutor. And then they decided to take that back and sentenced you or send you to trial. You went to trial, got convicted, and then was sentenced to life in prison. Is that correct?
3: Correct. The attorney general of the state of Iowa came in after the judge decided not to honor the initial trial. The attorney general came in and removed the Polk County prosecutor from the case and withdrew the uh, insanity agreement.
0: Okay. Now, I want to get more into uh, the change uh, and the positive change as it relates to uh, the image show here. Uh, I want the people to be able to see some of the different changes that you made while you were in prison after going through an unconstitutional situation like this.
3: Well first of all initially when you go into the penitentiary I was young I was 23 years old I couldn't read very well I was in shock post traumatic stress to the max I'm in a maximum security penitentiary Fort Madison and so it's like there's just no hope it's the end of the it's the end of the road and so I began to study and I began to you know I had my bible and I began to read the bible and I began to study law and I just it was a gradual process this is a it's a it's a uh nothing that happens overnight and i had to deal with my you know my mental state i had to deal with lawyers i had to deal with learning the law myself and it was just quite the uh, it took an extended period of time to and process to to use a christian term to renew my mind
0: and how did this ultimately affect your faith
3: well it strengthened my faith Initially, I began studying under uh, Dr. Roy Roy Blizzard. He is a uh, biblical archaeologist and a world-class biblical scholar, and he was located in Israel, and I began studying his material. Also I began studying uh, the Jerusalem School for the Study of Synoptic Gospels at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and they began to help me interpreting the Bible and reading the original languages, and it strengthened my faith considerably.
0: Okay, now uh, we met actually at the Evelyn K. Davis Center, and you were applying for a, for a job. You said that when you go into a job and ask for uh, an application or uh, somehow get to the interview process and they find out that you've been arrested for first-degree murder, that automatically uh, everything's turned down and you're basically sent away. Is that correct? Interview's over. Okay, can you take us into that a little bit? Yes, I present,
3: you know, my application and my resume. And once they find out about my background or they inquire about my background or they have the check, the box, the felony box check and, you know, all that, it winds down pretty fast.
0: Wow. And do you think that uh, this could—how do you feel this could be changed?
3: Well, I think the mental health system in general— Needs more funding, for one. You know, I've, I've been in the penitentiary, and I, I've seen pill lines. Pill lines a mile long. And I think they use the prison system as a mental hospital. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of the statistics. 2.3 million folks are locked up in this country, and 400,000 have a diagnosable mental illness. So it's definitely a problem.
0: Okay. And how do you feel that uh, the Evelyn K. Davis Center... Uh, can help you or other programs uh, can go about starting the process. You say funding. Now, obviously, you know that the Evelyn K. Davis, they have uh, job fairs. Uh, People are able to come in, get hired on the spot. Due to your mental illness, does that take away from your capability to be able to work a job?
3: No. My particular diagnosis is bipolar affective disorder in remission. So, I mean, there's not even any treatment that I can have. It's, it would be like giving chemotherapy to a cancer patient that's in remission.
0: Okay, now do you think that just because uh, you were found not guilty by reason of insanity, when people are able to go back and look at that, do you think that brings a concern to them like, well, maybe this guy might kill again, and you know, due to his mental condition, this could be a problem uh, and a liability for uh, our employers?
3: Sure, I understand the concern. My particular diagnosis, it just doesn't come on you all at once and you just snap. You know, you don't eat, you don't sleep. It's a period, it runs in cycles, it's a build up stage. And with being around professionals or having the employers aware of my situation, I think that would help them relieve their mind. But I do understand the concern. It definitely it's a concern. My goodness.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to think and in, take everything into consideration. Like, OK, now I've been to prison too, Glenn and I know that and I call you Glenn, but your, your name is Lauren Glenn Huss. And I, I, I would imagine most people call you Huss or Big Huss, right? Sonny. Sonny. They call you Sonny. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, you're a pretty big guy, so I figured maybe they called you Big Huss. Anyway, Sonny, you talk about your faith and your change. Now, your story is a little different than a lot of uh, the other stories as it relates to reentry and the people that we've had on the show. You're dealing, well, we're dealing here with a insanity plea, and this is interesting to me because I don't know much about that. So- As far as like insanity plea, would you say that by serving the fourteen years, that this was the worst thing that could have happened to you?
3: Well, if I'd have went into the mental health system, okay. I mean, I don't know that could have been devastating too. The prison system was devastating. I think the only good, you know, the good news is that I, I don't know. This is the proper term, but it's a philosopher's paradise. I mean, you can study, you can learn, you can grow if you apply yourself. And so if you put the time and the effort in to, uh, like you say, to to grow and to to better yourself, a person really can do that. After 14 years, my goodness, yeah.
0: That's great. We're out of time this morning. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week right here at the same time, 9 a.m. on The Image Show. Have a great week.